Hello, everyone. This is Joshua Rosenthal. Happy to be here with you. Uh, thank you for choosing to be part of Integrative Nutrition. The idea is for you to be able to uh, learn some of the basic principles of the school so that you will be familiar with our terminology and will be able to cover more ground, more material, more effectively. The topic today is primary food and cravings. We're going to look at the concept of primary foods and what that means to us. Initially, coming to integrated nutrition looks like it's all about nutrition. We teach a hundred different dietary theories. We compare the pros and cons of each one, uh, give you an overview of all the different ideas in nutrition because nutrition is a fledgling science. There are new ideas being created every day, new discoveries, and um, we want to be able to understand how nutrition affects people. But at the same time, besides what's taught in modern nutrition today, at Integrated Nutrition, we bridge the gap between food and personal growth and development. The, as medicine is more and more specialized, so too nutrition becomes a specialty. And yet, when viewed holistically, it's kind of obvious that lifestyle has an enormous effect on nutrition and diet. So the way people eat, what they eat, how they eat is uh, very strongly influenced by how busy people are and uh, how they're doing in their life. Binge eating happens to people when they're not doing well. Uh, when people are overworking, they tend to just feed themselves whatever is easily available. Well, by pulling those two concepts together, uh, we find that our graduates and their clients can be very successful in creating the results that they want for themselves. The basic idea of primary food, the terminology came from the fact that I noticed that although it was critical to understand what people were eating and to make improvements to what they were eating, all of that was secondary to the quality of people's life. So I called the food that people eat on the plate secondary food and kind of a twist and calling the lifestyle primary food. And the idea is that a lot of times when people's primary food is working well for them, what they eat on a day-to-day -day basis can be secondary. I've seen a lot of people who eat not very healthy food that still have a high-level wellness. And I've also seen people who are eating meticulously, very, very careful about every little thing that goes into their mouth, and yet their health is not that great. I wanted to bring these two areas of human nourishment together under one roof and be able to have our graduates share it with others. So the idea is that many aspects of lives nourish us. And uh, when those things are working out well, everything goes well in the body. So the four areas that I have subdivided primary food, the first is relationships. And by relationship, it could mean marriage, personal relationship, but also relationship with uh, children, parents, uh, extended family, friends, coworkers, things like that. Let's start with marriage. Marriage today is under duress. Um, 50% of more people than ever are single, and people who are married, 50% of marriages end in divorce. For second-time marriages, the statistics are even worse. And the sad truth is that even the 50% who stay together married are often not necessarily happy. Don't get me wrong, there are many people who are very happy in marriage, 
But as I did more health work, I discovered that there were many people who were not. A lot of people who stayed together, it's because of the children or it's because of security issues or they're just not um, prepared to go out back out into the world again. So this troubled me and I thought that I wanted to include more about those conversations in my practice. I would just ask people, how are you doing in relationship? And I found that it really helped them to open up and start talking about the issues in their relationship. And when they did that, somehow they felt better and it had a cumulative effect in combination with the food that they were eating so that the results at the end of the program were stronger. A lot of times, very loving people experience a lot of challenge when they have children. The relationship is called marriage when you have children or you don't have children, but it should really have a different name because once children come into the relationship, everything changes and uh, there is a whole new set of priorities that come into it. And so helping loving couples reconnect with each other after children can also be part of the six-month program. Also, in regards to friendships, many people, um, you know, they, they could use more quality relationship in their life. They uh, can lead an overly isolated life. And having these discussions, who are your friends who are supporting you? Who are your friends who are dragging you down and helping people make more clear, conscious choices in the area of relationship will assist with their overall health. As you get more experienced and as you get to know your client better, you, under the umbrella of relationship, you can also talk about sensuality and sexuality. Many people who are in long-term relationships find that the, the uh, pizzazz has gone out of their relationship. And uh, just by bringing up the conversation You'll see as you're in school, we don't really talk about giving our clients the answers. Mostly, uh, we talk about giving the clients the right questions and then they will figure out for themselves what really is the answer. And that's something we'll get into as the course uh, unravels. So the idea is that within primary food, relationship is something that we will go to back and forth over and over in the six-month program so that they get a chance to open up. At this point, you may look at your own life and see, well, what's happening in the area of relationship for you? A lot of single people want to get married. A lot of married people want to make adjustments in their relationship. So part of our school is for us each to be able to walk the talk of what we will be sharing with others. So this is a chance for your own introspection to see what's working for you in your relationship and also what's not working and what can be improved. The second part of primary food is physical activity. Our body thrives on movement and encouraging the client to exercise, move that body. If they don't go to the gym, then finding small ways that they can walk to the bus or walk up the stairs and gradually build exercise into their life because food is important, but then the body will burn the food uh, absorb the food differently if exercise is happening. Also, I noticed that a lot of people uh, do inappropriate forms of exercise. Either they uh, continue exercising the same exact way, like basically cross-training is something that we'll talk about, is that 
a lot of times yoga type people need to do more cardiovascular exercise and uh, a lot of people who do running uh, could do with more stretching type things. So uh, we just help people with basic ideas about how they can build in exercise in an effective way into their life. Next, we're going to talk about career. I started out being in corporate and uh, working in, my parents had a history being in the medical field and I got involved working in uh, in the business side of medical field and I scratched my head and I'm like, what am I doing here? Do I really want to do this for the rest of my life? And the answer was no. And so I made time for myself to uh, really think through, life is a long time, what would be a career that I could work on all day, every day, and feel fulfilled. And I did journal writing and eventually came up with this idea about being involved with health and nutrition because I found that, well, food changes everything. You know, one meal, but certainly a series of meals can have a dramatic effect on people's health and well-being, for better or for worse. So I changed my career and eventually opened the school. And at the beginning it was challenging, but it was very, very worthwhile. So for a lot of people, they're in similar situations, um, doing work that is not that fulfilling for them, but they have their 401k or this is what they got their university degree in. We give people a chance to uh, think through and either find work that they love or find a way to love the work that they do. So you don't have to leave your existing career. Sometimes just making adjustments with you know, which department you're in or what you're specializing in or who your coworkers are, uh, those things can uh, really shift. Taking stretch breaks in the middle of the day. Uh, so we give our clients a chance to speak about the area of career for themselves and that will help them to uh, have an improvement in their health, in their well-being. And the last thing we talk about in the area of primary food is about spirituality. Many studies are done about the effects of spirituality on people's health and well-being. At Integrated Nutrition, we don't teach a specific form of spirituality. We encourage people, though, to have some kind of spiritual practice. For many people, that means the spiritual practice, religion that they were raised with, whatever that may be. And for other people, they uh, discover some other Eastern religion or some form of uh, spiritual practice that makes sense to them. And some people mix them both together. They, they go to church on Sunday and they have Christianity as part of their life or Judaism as part of their life, but then they also have other forms of spiritual practice that um, keeps them on track with their values. I call it integrative religion where they blend together a little from here and a little from there and find what works for them. So the idea is that we talk about what's your spiritual practice and how are you doing with that, how much time do you allocate for that, and that gives the client a chance to improve their spiritual practice, improve their well-being, and then augments whatever other changes they're making with the food. All of this leads to um, an interconnection with cravings. People crave food, and 
Well, every time I started to wonder to myself, why is it, why am I craving, I used to crave cookies a lot, or ice cream a lot, and I would wonder, why am I craving these things? I'm supposed to be eating pure foods all day, every day. I came to realize that the body doesn't make mistakes. The heart never misses a beat. Your lungs never forget to breathe. If it gets dark outside, your eyes open up so you can see more clearly. Women give birth to children. Uh, it's like a biocomputer that is perfectly programmed to carry us through life. So it's doubtful that that, is, that computer system is making a mistake around the cravings. On the contrary, I would say that the cravings are a wake-up call that something in life is out of balance. Sometimes it's the diet is inappropriate, and sometimes it's the lifestyle that's inappropriate. We're going to talk about the lifestyle. Because for many people, they uh, crave food because they're rewarding themselves at the end of a day where they have been not that kind to themselves. A lot of times I find with clients that they, if they're overeating or binging, that that exact same person would not do that if they had someone who was in their life or in their space at that point in time who could give them a hug and just say, okay, you're a beautiful person. So in our minds, cravings are a good thing. Cravings is a signal from the body about how you can improve your diet or in this case, your lifestyle to be more in sync with what you actually need. During the curriculum, we will also go into uh, more uh, physical causes of cravings, people craving uh, because of inappropriate diet or too much salt or not enough protein. But at this point in time, I just want you to look at your own cravings and see how an improvement in primary food could help in reducing those cravings for yourself. The idea of the school is that as you, in the coming year, work on your own issues and get them sorted out for yourself, when you encounter your clients, you will know more clearly how to work with them because you have taken yourself through this journey yourself. A lot of times, I, in my book, I say about how I used to crave ice cream a lot after uh, teaching uh, weekends in New York City. And somehow my car, every time, would drive up to the corner store. I would just buy a pint of ice cream and basically just eat it all up. And um, it took me a while to really understand myself enough to see that on the weekend I became overheated, too much um, uh, pressure and stress. And besides which, I was on a way of eating that I had cerebrally invented to think that eating dairy was bad for me. And so I was on a no dairy diet except for ice cream. So somehow my body in its own innate intelligence would bring this all together and uh, help me to reduce my stress. It was kind of like food Valium. And after doing it repetitively over and over again, <laughs> being in the field of nutrition, I uh, made changes. I stopped drinking so much hot tea on the weekends and I would drink cold. And I found that I would eat more healthy forms of dairy and that would reduce my cravings and it worked. So the idea is for you to find your version of that and uh, see if you can reduce your cravings. In this case, start with the primary foods 
and try to understand what you crave and when and see how you can use primary food to deconstruct why you have those needs and how to reduce them. We would love to hear from you any experiences that you have in this realm. Um, if you share them with us, and we'll give you some feedback, and we will give you some support. Also, at this time, uh, I want you to look at all your primary foods and make a list. Where you're strong, where you're weak, there's something which we call the circle of life, which is really an expansion of the primary food circle. And I'd like you to look at that, fill it out, and... Um, See where you're weak, where you're strong, and what you can do to create more balance in that area for yourself. These are uh, homework type of assignments for you to uh, read and follow through with. So overall, please know that we will, in the course of the curriculum, cover all kinds of nutrition theories and the science behind digestion, but we also bring in this new dimension towards nutrition so that people can understand how to bridge the gap between food and personal growth and development. I look forward to continuing to work with you in this program because let's face it, today there are so many people who are really, really lost in the area of nutrition and uh, they could be very smart people but eating a not very smart way. And with a little bit of intervention, those people's lives, the lives of their family and children could be improved significantly. And so thank you for being interested in that process and taking part in our curriculum. Bye for now. Primary food. Everything we consider as nutrition is really just a secondary source of energy. Have you ever been passionately in love? Everything was exciting. Colors were vivid. You were floating on air. Gazing to your lover's eyes, your lover's touch, and your shared feeling of exhilaration were enough to sustain you. You forgot about food and were high on life. Have you ever been deeply involved in an exciting project? You believe in what you were doing and felt confident and stimulated. Time seems to stop. The outside world faded away. You didn't feel the need to eat. Someone had to come by and remind you. Do you remember what it was like when you were a kid? You'd playing outside with your friends when your parent called you in to eat dinner. But I'm not hungry yet, you'd say. At the table, your parent would instruct you to eat your food. Eventually, you'd force down a minimal acceptable amount of food and rush out again to play. At the end of the day, you'd return exhausted and go to sleep without thinking about food at all. Have you ever felt depressed? Have your self-esteem ever been low as you were starving for primary food? Even in good times, when we come home at night, we often look in the refrigerator for something to eat when all we really want is a hug or someone to talk to. When your primary food is full, you try. Actual food stays secondary, providing support to be healthy and do the things you love. Primary food feed us, but it doesn't come on plate. Primary food includes elements such as meaningful spiritual practice, inspiring career, regular and enjoyable physical activity, and honest and open relationships that feed your soul and hunger for living. 
every spiritual tradition that encourages people to fast does so partly to let individuals have the time to reduce secondary food, thus allowing for a greater awareness of primary food. The more primary food we receive, the less we depend on secondary food. The opposite is also true. The more we fill ourselves with secondary food, the less we are able to receive the primary food of life. Please take time to explore your primary food as you join me through this program. In my counseling practice, a big turning point was when one of my clients who I was working with, telling them to eat more vegetables and more fruit, walked into a session with a black eye. And there I was sitting, looking at her, I had all my notes prepared about introducing a new vegetable into her diet. And in that moment, it occurred to me that we weren't going to be talking about vegetables today. And um, it was at that point I realized, okay, we need to talk about primary food. I didn't have that language for it yet, but we spent the whole session uh, talking about her abusive relationship and uh, her unexpected pregnancy and things like that. And so it's become part of our program. The origin of primary food. The term primary food. Joshua pioneered the term primary food at the start of his career over 30 years ago. Primary food is nourishment that doesn't appear on your plate. Joshua's four core primary foods are exercise, spirituality, career, and relationships. He teaches that when these areas are balanced, food is secondary. Joshua says that healthy relationships, regular physical activity, a fulfilling career, and a spiritual practice can fill your soul and satisfy your hunger for life. Joshua teaches that primary food far outweighs secondary food. You could be eating all the kale and broccoli in the world, but if you're not nourishing yourself on a holistic level, you will not feel vibrant. There's no secret formula. Each person is unique. Secondary foods don't come close to giving us the joy, meaning, and fulfillment primary food provides. Primary food origin. The concept of primary food first came to Joshua while working in a natural food store. He saw people shopping in the store every day paying great attention to the food they were putting into their bodies. Then he would go to the movie theater next door at night and notice that the friends and couples laughing together, eating popcorn and drinking soda seems happier and healthier than the super health conscious individuals he witnessed at his store every day. That's primary food proof in action. We hunger for play. Fun, touch, romance, intimacy, love, achievement, success, art, music, self-expression, leadership, excitement, adventure, and spirituality. All these elements are essential forms of nourishment. 
one of Joshua's many inspiration in his concept of primary food was the modern-day mystic Osho, who said, to be in romance with life is religion. Osho didn't teach any religion or belong to any affinity. He believed that when we create nourishing lives for, our, for ourselves, that is the highest form of religion. As, Josh, as Joshua teaches, a nourishing life is built by fulfilling career, loving relationships, an energizing and rejuvenating exercise routine, and a spiritual practice that suits and invigorates. Osho's neutral holistic approach to life and religion mimics the core integrative nutrition concept of primary food. Osho said that the body needs physical food, of course, but thought that a robust, fulfilling life is the real fuel for happiness and balance. To balance our primary food, we often have to make changes that might be intimidating. Joshua believes that people should face their fears and do it anyway. This could mean taking a leap in their career, ending a relationship that's not serving them, signing up for marathon or embarking on a medication challenge. We encourage you to take the next step to bring yourself fulfillment that is complete mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical satisfaction. Our fears differ. The only constant is that we must face them in order to evolve. The circle of life in practice. Discover which primary foods you are missing and how to infuse joy and satisfaction in your life. Joy, spirituality, creativity, finances, career, education, health, physical activity, home cooking, home environment, relationships, social life. What does your life look like? Place a dot on the line to indicate your level of satisfaction in each area. A dot toward the center indicates dissatisfaction and a dot toward the periphery indicates satisfaction. For example, if your social life is abundant, place a dot on the line somewhere toward the outside of the circle. Number two, connect the dot to see your circle of life. Number three, identify imbalances, determine where to spend more time and energy to create balance. Print the next page and follow these example steps. Something that stands out about integrative nutrition graduates is that we understand the value of primary food. Most people who are in the nutrition field, registered dietitians, doctors, they will talk about eating more vegetables or drinking more water or avoiding certain foods or drinking more dairy or... By the way, how many of you have reduced or eliminated dairy from your diet? Good. It's not that dairy is good or bad. How many people here find great value to their health from having high-quality dairy products? Good. Isn't it good that we can all live in peace together? 
I swear, sometimes I'm online and you know people are hating other people who are eating a certain way. Do you ever see that? I'm like, whatever, like, why? Anyway, where was I? Oh yeah, prime. So the primary food thing is really uh, the underpinning. Yes, food is really, really important. It's what creates our cells, our tissues, our blood, our organs, our skin, our hair, our thoughts, our feelings, and our future. That's really important. And even more important is the area of primary food, having love in our lives, moving our body, having a career, because we spend more hours every day in our career than with the people who we love, generally. And so many people have a career that is diametrically opposed to what's in their heart. So, I mean, how you, that's not a good thing. Sometimes I say, you know, we are spiritual beings in a material world, so the more congruity we have with who we are and how we represent ourselves and the career that we are working in, the more likely we are to achieve the outcome that we came here in this lifetime to achieve. It's not that complicated. Sometimes people need to take risk because their high paying job, which is diametrically opposed to who they are, is not something you want to walk away from because you have a mortgage and family and obligations and things. The really good thing about health coaching is that you don't need to because most people who can afford your services have a job too. And when they want to be speaking with you is in the evenings and the weekends so you can get your feet wet, experimenting with what that's like and find a place that is uh, best for you. And of course, part of primary food is a spiritual practice. And while I or the school don't teach a form of spiritual practice, we do encourage people to find a spiritual practice that works for them, whatever that may be because over time we found that people who have that in their lives heal faster and it brings momentum to what they want to achieve in their life. And, you know, really, sometimes people ask me, well, what about if you're an atheist? And you can have a spiritual practice and be an atheist at the same time. Just, you know, maybe it's more like in nature or uh, whatever brings you uh, depth and... Uh, and strength. So through all of this, and over the years, you know, I've been doing this 20 years in New York and 10 years before that in Toronto, uh, what really surprised me the most was that the area of, well, two things. The first one is how easy it is to uh, do health coaching, our style of health coaching. People often, you know, there's psychotherapy and psychiatry and therapy, and it's all this like really complicated degree programs that you have to study for years. But being a kind of, in a way, a simple-minded person, I thought to myself, you know, I have seen people, especially women, listening to women in an empathetic way and they get like so much value from that, that this couldn't be that complicated. I started to uh, notice that it was genetically within us, especially within women, to listen in an empathetic way 
and to draw out the pain and confusion of the person who's speaking so that five minutes later they felt better without making any recommendations. Right? The bad part is when you, the person well, tries to fix it and you're not looking for someone to fix it, you're just looking for someone to live. How many of you can relate to that? So you're not looking for the health coach or the therapist to fix it. You're looking to express it out of your system. And over 20 years of studying that, what I noticed was that the way that the anatomy of the brain works is that as you are speaking, your synapses are connecting all kinds of things from different parts of your past to evolve a release and an interconnectivity that the speaker does. And all the listener has to do is be a loving presence for that person. When I stumbled on this, I was like, well, I should get a Nobel Prize for this. Because <laughs> I had just moved to New York, and I was trying to teach people how to eat well, but they just wanted to talk about their husband or their life. And I'm like, well, how's the broccoli going for you? <laughs> oh, my God, my kids are... And so after a while, I was just like, just like, listen. So, like, tell me more. And I would ask high-mileage questions. And at the end of the six-month program... No one was saying, wow, my diet changed, even though their diet had changed. But what they were talking about was the extent that their family was different, their <clears throat> confidence was different, their vitality, and the uh, momentum to push through the glass ceiling, whatever that would be for them, had been achieved. 